Do you need help with your journey following Jesus? Has your Bible reading brought up some interesting questions? Um, I, I need a prayer request. Is I've heard um, pastors talk about you can't get to heaven just with good deeds. I was just wondering what you guys think. Is, the, is there a correlation between the seventh trumpet and Revelations as the last trumpet, or is he talking about some other trumpet? Finally, a place to get answers. We're ready to take your prayer request and answer your Bible questions. Call in at 303-690-3000. Let's join Calvary Live right now. And good afternoon. Welcome to Calvary Live. Jason Vandeveer here with you. I'm the pastor of Calvary Chapel in Parker, Colorado. Pleasure to be with you this afternoon and looking forward to the next hour answering your questions about the Bible, uh, praying, taking time to pray uh, over those prayer requests that you have. You heard the number there, but in case you missed it, 303-690-3000 if you want to join me on the air, 303-690-3000. So you can pick up your phone, dial that number, and you'll get through. Beginning of the program's great. We've got all lines open, uh, so it's a, generally a little bit easier to, uh, to call at the top of the program than it is in the uh, bottom half of the program. If you prefer to text, you can do so, 720-336-0897. If you do so, please uh, just keep it uh, brief if you can, because uh, uh, generally I'm trying to read the text and, uh, and, and still talk to you, and I'm somewhat limited in my ability to, to, to do that. Uh, actually, limited is putting it nicely. So if you do text me, one uh, sentence brief text, your prayer request or your question, and uh, we'll do our best to answer as many of those uh, on the air as well. So if you'd like to call in, uh, I'd prefer that. That way I can get the full context of your question and always enjoy talking to you. That's one of my favorite parts about this program. 303-690-3000, or as I said, you can text 720-336-0897. But... uh, I'm Jason Vandeveer here with you this afternoon, and as I mentioned, I'm the pastor of Calvary Chapel in Parker, Colorado. You can get more information about our fellowship at calvarychapelparker.com. That's calvarychapelparker.com. Service times, resources, studies, audio, and video through the entire Bible, uh, our online uh, daily devotional um, that you can get a copy of there for your iPad or for your Kindle or your uh, Nook or I'm trying to think of all of the different devices. I think we've got you covered pretty much any way on a device or you can just download a copy that you can read on your computer. 366 different devotions. We've even got you covered for leap year there and uh, you can just go through the Bible daily. We take you through uh, all of the different books of the Bible and you can get that at calvarychapelparker.com. But like I said, how about uh, joining me on the program 303-690-3000 and let's go to Joanne and Inglewood, Joanne, welcome to the program. Thank you. Uh, I have a question. You know, recently there was uh, a famous quote uh, from Romans 13 used to justify events that are going on in the world today. And I just wondered, you know, we we hear a lot of um, so-called evangelicals uh, spouting their position on uh, treatment of uh, people mm-hmm. and world events, but we don't hear a lot of 
the Calvary type beliefs being expounded. Uh, what is the role of the church to try and get this message out? I mean, wasn't Christ wanting us to uh, be getting the correct word out and not uh, misquote? Yeah, I'm not sure. So, so what? Um, help fill me in a little bit, because I'm, I'm a little. What, what misquote are you referring to? Or maybe then maybe I can answer your question a little bit better. Well, there was a politician that came out that said that the justification for um, separating families at the border uh, yeah, okay. came from Romans 13. Right. Okay. Yeah. So I do recall here. Okay, I'm with you now. Yeah, so, and of course, that that whole issue, uh, interestingly enough, of course, with the executive order from the president uh, yesterday um, ending that practice, that, that was kind of an interesting um, series of events. It didn't really seem to satisfy. I, I don't think they expected that. Um, but then what was also interesting today, I'll just throw this out before I get to answering your question, um, was that they found that the poster child, uh, I think it was the child shown on the cover of Time magazine with Trump, um, actually that child was never, according to that child's father, was never separated uh, from from her parents. So interesting, uh, you know, with the whole uh, uh, idea of fake news, uh, you know, some news is, is real news, and in that case, it, that, that seemed to be a, a story, I think, that was politicized. But to answer your question, um, you know, we have a responsibility, first and foremost, to preach the gospel. Um, I, I like the approach of, of Billy Graham, and, and Billy Graham, you know, uh, obviously passing away uh, recently, but uh, but in his life, you know, he was able to, to minister to so many different uh, politicians and even people in this nation and around the world. And it's not because he didn't care about politics. It's not because he, he never said anything. Um, but he primarily confined his offense uh, to to the gospel, as the scripture uh, encourages us to do. In other words, what I find is, is that when we preach the gospel and uh, when men are saved, that it tends to take care of a lot of other political issues. Uh, now that said, I don't. I'm not suggesting that we never should speak about political issues. I think that that at the top of the list uh, should be the 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 murder of the unborn, and uh, we speak about that often. But but also the mistreatment. The Bible speaks about about many things. The mistreatment uh, uh, of those who who uh, uh, can't always take care of themselves. Now, when it comes to using scripture, uh, the other aspect of your question, when it comes to using scripture and 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 taking scripture out of context, um, yeah. I think that there are times when we need to point that out, but but honestly, if if you went and and took every opportunity that somebody, particularly a politician, uh, misquoted misquoted scripture, then you know you you would be doing that constantly. So I think that you need to pick and choose uh, your battles, uh, but definitely I uh, you know we have a responsibility uh, to proclaim the the truth of God's word. Um, so you know as far as the Calvary Chapel pastors, I know I can't speak for all Calvary Chapel pastors certainly, um, but the Calvary Chapel pastors I know are 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 you know obviously godly men uh, who who aren't afraid to to speak truth from the pulpit uh, whether it relates to political or current events they're they're not uh, afraid to correct certain things but i would say that our mission first and foremost and what is on our minds first and foremost is is the preaching of the gospel and we realize 
uh, that that's going to take care of a lot of other things. And so um, I think a lot of other pastors, their mindset might be similar to to what what I see uh, my own uh, mindset being in that you know I don't necessarily take on every issue that uh, that that uh, comes uh, up in the news uh, on a weekly basis. Right, I understand that. It just seems that um, the um, more far right uh, movement mm-hmm. has um, more of a national voice than the um, shall we say the more correct approach. To yeah. um, Christ teachings, and it just seems that uh, we seem to be silent, and yet they seem to be so vocal. Yeah, you know, I I, I do though. I do see some really good voices out there. Uh, one of the best is is uh, the pastor of uh, First Baptist in Dallas, Dr. Robert Jeffress, and and uh, you know I see him frequently. Uh, on on different news uh, outlets and and in the news and and uh, he tends to have a, a very strong voice and I and I consider him to you know be a a, a good representative. I think he's been misrepresented uh, sometimes uh, in in, uh, in in the media and uh, but uh, you know there there are some certainly some people that are on the fringes and the fringe is always going to get a lot of attention um, you know because uh, um, uh, because it. It, it it gets them viewers or listeners or or whatever it is that they're trying to attract hits on their website or click through you know things of that nature. Um, I, I don't think we need to worry about that so much. We just need to to take advantage uh, of the opportunities that God gives us. And and when God tells us to speak, speak. And if He's not telling us to do that, uh, then then uh, to not do that. And 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 things will kind of uh, uh, sort. <clears throat> sort themselves out uh, as we say but uh, but I think as I said our first and foremost uh, uh, responsibility is to to make sure and and I and I know you agree with me um, uh, is, is to preach the gospel but as we have a platform and an opportunity um, you know then then we should use that as God directs us okay well thank you for your input yeah, no, I appreciate it, Joanne, and uh, and you know, a lot of times uh, things are are on your heart because God has something in the future that He's going to have you do in that regard. So just be in prayer about it. All right. God bless you. Thank you. You betcha. Thank three you. zero. Yep. Three zero three six nine zero three thousand. Let's go to Tom in Brighton. Tom, welcome to the program. Hello, Tom. Can you hear me? Tom, Tom, Tom. All right. I think we dropped Tom. Tom, if you are still listening, love, I would love to talk to you. So uh, feel free to give us a ring back, 303-690-3000. Let's go to Liz in Denver. Liz, welcome. Hi, Liz. Did we lose Liz too? Maybe Tom and Liz are talking to each other on the phone. I don't know. <laughs> but uh, do me a favor, folks. Uh, Give us a call here, 303-690-3000 if you'd like to join us. Uh, we've got our lines open. We lost Tom and Liz, so uh, we've got all our lines open if you'd like to join us uh, on the program here. I'm Jason Vanderveer. As I mentioned at the, the top of the program, I'm the pastor of Calvary Chapel 
in Parker, Colorado. You can get information about our fellowship, CalvaryChapelParker.com. And you can join me here on this program, Calvary Live. Welcome uh, to all of our listeners, our Grace FM listeners in uh, Colorado and Wyoming. Welcome to you, our Truth FM listeners in Kentucky, North Carolina, and Tennessee. Welcome to all of you. And of course, Hope FM in, in the Northeast, Maryland, New Jersey, and Pennsylvania. Appreciate uh, all of our listeners there. We've got one number you can all call 303-690-3000, or if you prefer, you can text 720-336-0897. Let's go to Will uh, in Aurora. Will, welcome. Hey. Hey, how's it going? Good. I just had a question, if that's all right. Yeah, go for it. Uh, can you not believe in the Bible and still be a Christian? Well, let's talk about this subject, and and I think better yet, I I think you might want to consider it from a different perspective. I'll I'll consider it from from your perspective in a moment, but but it might be better to consider it. You know, is someone going to believe in Jesus Christ uh, without believing the Bible? Um, I've never seen uh, a person uh, believe in Jesus Christ for their Savior uh, without first, uh, you know, or without in conjunction with that, uh, also believing in the Scripture. And that's because as Paul tells us uh, in the book of Romans, he says, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God in Romans chapter 10, verse 17. So, so we see that, that and, and in that context, the faith that he's talking about is, is, is a saving faith, not a, a, a faith to live and to walk in Christ or to serve him. It, it's that initial faith uh, and that lifelong faith that saves us. And so uh, faith and, and, and hearing uh, and the word of God, they, they all go together. And so I've never really run across a person who, who believed and was saved uh, who also uh, uh, didn't believe in God's word and, and didn't come to a saving knowledge because of the preaching of the word of God. Okay, so a follow-up question then. That's sure. Okay. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, so I guess I know someone that they, they just believe that it's not possible for the Bible to not be entirely full of errors and stuff, mm-hmm. given mm-hmm. that it's been passed on over time. They assume it's like telephone. Right, right. Well, and, and, and so I would say something in regard to that, in regard to your initial question, but, th- but also I have a kind of a follow-up answer to that with the inerrancy of Scripture. But, but first I would say that, that um, I think it's possible for someone to, to come to faith in Jesus Christ and to, to have doubts or whatever about the Word of God. But what I think, is going to happen over time, not I think, I, I know is going to happen over time, is is that gradually those those doubts are going to be dispelled. They're, they're, they're going to be, uh, you know, uh, done away with, uh, and God is going to, to alleviate those, those concerns that they have. So I believe that it's possible for a person to come, you know, to hear the preaching of the Word, to believe certain aspects of what the Word of God has to say, uh, but over time, I don't believe that they're going to stay in that particular place. The other thing that, that is also interesting is someone can say that they have faith in Christ, uh, but sometimes only time will tell uh, whether those right. doubts that they express uh, about the Word of God are really deeper doubts about God himself. Um, now, having said that, um, what I found is is that those who believe uh, that the Bible is full of errors uh, haven't studied the Word of God. 
In other words, they've, they, they've maybe gone online, and I don't consider you know, reading articles uh, from bloggers online as truly studying the Word of God or going to you know, websites that, that neither have they studied the Word of God but want to, to bash the Word of God. You can find those all day long. Um, but the person who studies the Word of God verse by verse and goes through it um, only comes to the conclusion that uh, more so the validity, the power, uh, the the interconnected nature of these sixty six books, and 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 begins to see that uh, that the notion that there the Bible is full of errors is is really a poor excuse for those who don't want to believe. And so uh, there there are a lot of great uh, uh, books out there. There's a, a a really good simple book um, that I might recommend for your friend. It's a it's a short work. It came out a few years ago by uh, Charles. Campbell, it's called Scrolls and Stones, and uh, you can go where, yep, Scrolls and Stones, it deals with the inerrancy of Scripture, um, but there's many others who have who have dealt with uh, uh, the, the, the authority of Scripture, and you can just uh, do, uh, you know, a little Google search, inerrancy is what is, is the word that's usually used, I-N-E-R-R-A-N-C-Y. And uh, and and you got to be careful because of course you'll you'll find you know crackpots and things like that. But there's a a lot. Max uh, Lucado, I believe, did a, a a work on that that we have in our bookstore. Of course, Norman Geis, Dr. Norman Geisler, has uh, written on it extensively. Um, and, and there's lots of other works uh, uh, done. F.F. Uh, F. Bruce, The Canon of Scripture, uh, is a classic work. Uh, I'd recommend that for something a little bit more um, on the scholarly side. If if your your friend wants to consider, you know, where did the Bible come from from a scholarly perspective? F. F. Bruce, the Canon of Scripture. So there's a lot of great resources out there, um, and and what I think is going to happen as your your friend studies the Scripture, uh, that uh, and and as they look into some of these other resources and the arguments made in them, that they're going to come to realize that that really it it, it just because you can say something doesn't make it true. Just because you can say the Bible is full of errors doesn't doesn't make it true or mean that it actually is a legitimate argument. Right. Yeah, the, it, it's fascinating when you, you begin looking into the Bible and, and you realize how much unlike the game of telephone that it really is. How you, you can have a book written over thousands of years by 40 different authors, uh, how it can be uh, historically accurate, how it can be uh, culturally accurate, how it can be spiritually accurate, how it can be cohesive in terms of its common message, and how you can go back to the earliest texts. And now, uh, thanks to the Dead Sea Scrolls, we have uh, texts that are now a thousand years earlier than, than the previous texts that we have had of the Old Testament books. And you can see that there's very little change, uh, no substantive change in in, in and and mostly what you're dealing with is is grammatical changes or things like that or or in certain cases maybe minor omissions and it's fascinating how little the bible has changed in its in its individual books over time not how much it's changed well thank you so much yeah, you bet, Will, and I appreciate you calling in with a question and I'm sure a lot of other people out there uh, have had the same question so thank you God bless. Bye. You bet you. God bless. 303-690-3000. Jason Vanderveer here with you on Calvary Live. Let's go to Dominic. Dominic, welcome to the program. Hey. Thank you, Jason. How's it going? 
Uh, it's going pretty well. Thank you. Um, I was actually just going to see if uh, we could just pray for um, all of the uh, Vacation Bible School programs that uh, all of our churches have going on right now and are, are soon to come. And uh, my son is actually going to camp here pretty soon um, up at Idrahaji. So I okay, just wanted to great. pray for them, the staff, and uh, yeah, just that they would all be blessed. All the kids would be blessed through that. Well, absolutely. Let's do so. Father, I just thank you for Dominic for his call to remind us uh, about the young people and, 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 and this time of year in which uh, so many churches are doing vacation Bible school. Lord, we know that, that, uh, that many kids are going to make a lifelong commitment to you uh, through, uh, through VBS at uh, various churches uh, in our area and around the country and the world, frankly. And so, Lord, we just pray that you, you would be working, that you would bless uh, Lord, that you would bless the staff and the teachers uh, who are planning and preparing, that you would pour your spirit out upon them uh, with a heart for these uh, children, Lord, and and with the ability to be able to preach the gospel to them and to minister to them. And Lord, we pray not only for these kids uh, who will be ministered to and who will be saved, we pray uh, for their parents, Lord, as these kids come and then they take the gospel home, <clears throat> oftentimes to, to unbelieving parents who who maybe just put them there for for daycare or or maybe a grandparent brought them instead. And so we know that the gospel is going home and we pray for the salvation of entire families. Uh, We pray uh, for safety uh, at all of these uh, vacation Bible schools. And we do uh, lift up the staff of Idrahaji and uh, we pray for all of the campers going there, Lord, that you'd use them in the same way uh, as they'll be there in a a prolonged basis. Uh, And they'll have even more contact perhaps than than a lot of VBSs will. We pray that you would use that and, and, and bless these kids. And Lord, uh, especially for those kids uh, who just need to uh, uh, you to minister to them in a special way. We pray that you would do that as well. And so protect and bless. And uh, we do pray uh, for the staff uh, at the camps, Lord, uh, and, and especially Idra Haji, Lord, that, that you would pour out your spirit upon them as well, that you'd use them. Lord, we just thank you. We love you. And we look forward to seeing what you're going to do. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thanks, well, God, Pastor. Yeah, you bet. God bless you, Dominic. Thanks for that reminder. Yes, God bless you. Take care, brother. Yep. Hey, folks, if you want to join me on Calvary Live, Jason Vanderveer here with you, 303-690-3000. Let's go to Dalton in Fort Collins. Dalton, welcome to the program. Hello. How are you doing? I'm doing really well. How are you today? Not too bad. um, First of all, I just wanted to say I'm from Parker, so I think it's kind of cool that um, we have someone from my old hometown talking but <laughs> did you grow up in parker or yeah actually my whole life so so you probably um, went to parker junior high school and ponderosa and... uh no i went to sierra and chaparral oh sierra oh so you were by the time so sierra and chaparral were open well we as a church met for eight years in chaparral high school so oh that's uh, awesome yeah so i i know sh- i i uh i'm the only person to have spent like 12 years in high school so, uh, well, probably not the only person, but uh, <laughs> the funny thing was I couldn't wait to get out of high school, and then the Lord sent me back for another eight years. So, right. <laughs> hey, <laughs> hey, appreciate you calling in and, uh, and, and uh, a former Parker native. What's on your mind? Um, so I'm working up here in Greeley, and uh, we just had a new kid come on, um, and he's, he seems to be a pretty devout Christian. It seems like he's done some pretty good studies, went to a private high school and all this kind of stuff. Um, but they 
my coworkers found out that he is still a virgin and wants to keep it that way until marriage, which I think is awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, but they were kind of teasing him earlier today, and, you know, it's just kind of what they do. I don't think they mean a whole lot of harm, but right. they definitely don't understand and don't view the same way. Right. Um, but so I kind of piped in, kind of just try to ease it, I guess, a little bit, and just said that, you know, I wish I was still a virgin and everything and wish yeah. I did it right. Um, right. And so basically the the reason why I call is just uh, like kind of hoping to see if I could get any kind of ammunition or anything like that, um, what to expect, um, especially because like as I was walking out uh, today, they were saying, um, so I don't understand how you could have a girl for your last girlfriend and um, did all those things with your last girlfriend. Um, but now you still, you wish you were a virgin and how you could say that and all that kind of stuff. Um, so, right. but my point being is like, I, I don't think they really want to understand. They just kind of say it more so as a teasing kind of factor type thing. Sure, they don't really sure. want to know. Well, but. yeah. And, and I, I mean, there's, you know, there is uh, kind of the, the issue. Um, there are those people who will say things, um, who will ask questions and they gen- genuinely want to know <clears throat> or they want answers. And then there are those people that, that just, you know, want to, to ridicule. First off, as you were talking, I was, I was thinking of the, the, the words of Jesus, um, particularly in the 15th chapter of John where, where he talked about a servant not being greater than his master and how they persecuted Jesus and, and so they're also going to persecute us. And in a sense, while it's, it's not you know, physical persecution, what you and, and this other young man are enduring is, is a, a form of psychological and, and, and verbal you know, uh, persecution. And, 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 and you know, not to make it bigger than it has to be, but, but that's the reality of what it is. And so you know, I think that you both should, should wear that as a badge of honor, knowing, hey, you're servants of the Lord. And, and really the only reason that they, they do what they do is because you know, they don't love Jesus Christ and they, they have issues with God. And so they can't really attack him, so they attack you. And and when they could, they did attack him him first. So I think it's good right. to have that. It, it's good to have that perspective. Um, but secondly, then you've got to come to the you know the conclusion of whether or not they want, as you mentioned, genuine answers. If they do, then then I think that there's an opportunity to um, to take it from them, you know, ridiculing or whatever, and actually providing them with answers. And maybe it's just a matter of being direct with them and saying, look, you know, uh, is there something specific, you know, you have a question about? Um, Because if you do, I'm, you know, when they're doing that, say, you know, is there something specific you have a question about? Because if there is, I'm happy to answer it. If not, you know, let's move on. You know, surely you have other more important things to think about and to worry about. You know, and, and, and that'll tell you right away, right there, you know, where are these people at? You know, do they do they actually want answers or no? And and I would do it in a gentle way. I wouldn't do it in a confrontational way or, or you know, or anything like that. I mean there's you know, there's really no benefit in that, even if they're choosing yeah. to even if they're choosing to be that way. But I think the most important thing beyond what you say or your perspective or anything like that, I think the most important thing in facing the type these types of situations <clears throat> is prayer, you know, and is, is making sure that before you enter that workplace each day, um, that you're prayed up, you know, because you're going to find that you're, 
a lot more effective in dealing with it that your your attitude to to you know to uh, uh, addressing that and and your ability to tolerate it and and your gentleness and 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 your concern you know for for them as individuals who need Jesus Christ rather than for yourself as someone who's being ridiculed um, is going to be much different. Um, when you stop and when you pray for their salvation and when you pray, you know, that God would give you the right attitude in, in, in answering their questions. But, yeah, you know, I, I think we've all unfortunately been there. It's, you know, it's not pleasant, uh, but I think that it's an opportunity. You know, it's, it's an opportunity to share with them, you know, why you, you feel the way that you do. And, and you realize that, hey, you know, when we do these things, you may not realize it, but there's lasting consequences, you know, when we get into physical relationships, there's lasting consequences. So, uh, I hope that I hope that that uh, I hope that that helps you, uh, Dalton. It does very much. I actually needed to hear that, and I appreciate that. Uh, so, thank you very much. Yeah, you bet, my friend. And just hang in there. Welcome back to Calvary Live. Give us a call at 303-690-3000 or text us at 720-336-0897. Let's join Calvary Live right now. And welcome back. Jason Vanderveer here with you on Calvary Live. If you want to join me, 303-690-3000. And uh, we had to kind of uh, cut Dalton a little bit short there, and I want to go ahead and pray. Uh, if Dalton, if you're listening, uh, sorry to kind of rush you out there into the commercial break, but uh, uh, if he's not, we can still uh, pray for Dalton. And if you're listening, uh, maybe you can join me in prayer for Dalton. Lord, we just uh, lift up Dalton to you and uh, his co-worker as well, who is a believer. Lord, I just pray for their strength. Uh, Lord, I pray for perspective. I, I pray, uh, Lord, that they would be encouraged uh, that they're experiencing uh, similar things uh, to what you experienced, uh, Lord, as their master. And we, I just pray that you give them a heart uh, for those who may be ridiculing them, or uh, I'm sure they have that. Lord, I pray you give them even greater heart, and, and Lord, that they would see many coming to know you, that they would know how to answer gently and in love, uh, but also that they would be able to deal with those things that often uh, are very difficult or uh, or uh, hard to hear. And so, Lord, I just pray uh, that that uh, that you would use them and bless them in their workplace, encourage them, give them strength, and and continue to uh, keep them set apart, Lord, for you. In Jesus' name, we pray. Amen. As I said, three zero three six nine zero three thousand. Let's go to Patricia uh, in Maryland. Patricia, welcome. Hi, Patricia. Are you with us? I think we might have lost uh, Patricia. Let's go to Carol, also in Maryland. Carol, welcome to the program. How are you? Hi, Carol. Um, hi. How are you? In my family. I'm fine. Good. I have a child in my family. Uh, she's very sweet, very t- trusting, and she's being taught on a very heavy level uh, to try to be nothing but kind, sweet, considerate, mannerly, and of course she is. She just mm-hmm. kind of naturally is. She's a good child. Mm-hmm. Um, but in her parents doing you know, church with her, um, she takes a lot of things um, that she's being told. Uh, you know, like when I tell her how she needs to keep herself safe, 
you know, uh, from strangers in an evil world out there where kind and trusting can very quickly be taking, you know, can be taken big advantage of. When mm-hmm. I tell her this, you know, she'll say, um, no, well, you can't judge anybody, you know. And this yeah. upsets me and worries me. She's already mm-hmm. sweet, kind. These are things adults learn as they Mm -hmm. go through life's experiences. Adults know to keep an eye out, even if they're naive-type people or blindly trust most strangers. Mm -hmm. But for this child to have this reinforced as a beautiful young girl growing up sort of worries me. So what would you say to a child like that? Well, and, and, and here's, here's what I would say because the issue comes up. Um, obviously, the culture you know, is teaching, you know, you, you can't you know, judge anybody. But the, the reality is, is I, I wouldn't use the term um, judgment necessarily, although I, I, I don't think that it's unscriptural. Um, but the Bible also uses the term discernment as a gift. It's interesting when we think about it in a spiritual perspective, even sometimes Christians think that, that we're not supposed to judge. And, and what I point out to them, first of all, is if you never judge, you would never preach the gospel. In other words, if you never came to the conclusion that somebody needed Jesus Christ and made a judgment about their salvation, you would never preach the gospel to them. And so it's it's just inconsistent with the way that we live our lives. We 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 judge all day long. We we judge certain neighborhoods as being unsafe after dark, and we don't go into those neighborhoods. Uh, you know, certain people call on the phone and they're trying to scam us, and we judge them as being scam artists, and we don't fall for it. So it, it's just a it's a it's a it's a red herring. It's not a real argument. But but those that try to say, well, you you know, you shouldn't judge. The Bible says don't judge. They try to oftentimes go to Matthew chapter 7 in the Sermon on the Mount there, and and what they don't realize is Jesus isn't saying don't judge. He's saying don't judge out of hypocrisy. He says, judge not that you be not judged, for with that judgment you judge, you will be judged, and with the measure you use, it will be measured back to you. Why do you okay, look I'm at the speck? Well, hang on. Let me, let, let me finish the quote, though. And why do you look at the speck in your brother's eye, but do not consider the plank in your own eye? He says, first remove the plank from your own eye, and then you'll see clearly to remove the speck. So we're still called to make judgment and remove the speck. It's just that we shouldn't do so from hypocrisy. What do you mean from hypocrisy? Well, in other words, if we've got bigger problems than, our, than, than the other people that we're looking at, we need to take care of our own problems first. It's no, not, no, I'm asking about how to keep a child safe, though. I, I understand. she can't, you know. I, I understand that. I'm just giving you the bigger picture of the argument that is often made spiritually against judgment. What, now, what would you tell a child? Uh, let's say a 10-year-old child. What would you tell that child in plain English and plain words? Um, what would you tell that child in order for her to feel like she's, following, you know, the Bible, but that she should be discerning with people so that we can be, you know, um, assured that she is, you know, being safe enough out there. Yeah, that's the problem. When I'm, I'm explaining it to you, but at 10 years old, you know, explaining the concept of judgment and discernment to a 10 year old is, is, is sometimes very difficult, but 
I'm losing you here, but uh, let me let me continue on. Hopefully, you can still uh, hear me. W- what I would say is is in Hebrews chapter five, verse fourteen, uh, it's very plain to us uh, that uh, that as we grow and mature, um, and that as we we exercise uh, our gifts, we learn to discern, as the author of Hebrews says, both good and evil. And it's essential to us if we're going to continue, I would put it this way, uh, if we're going to continue walking uh, in a way that is pleasing to the Lord, if we're going to continue walking in a way uh, that that glorifies God and, and, and in a way in which we grow in our faith, that we must discern good and evil. We must be able to make a distinction. Uh, versus that, I'm sorry. Yeah, no problem. I, I lost you for a little second, but I'm hearing you well again, so that's a that's the good news. It's Hebrews chapter 5, verse 14. I'm glad I didn't fully completely lose you. Um, okay. But yeah, but but what what I would say is just that, you know, that, that on its simplest level, it, it is not only right, it is essential, uh, Carol, that we discern uh, good and evil as believers. Um, we have that is perfect. Um, that's yeah. what I'm looking for. Something I can go on to tell this child uh, that b- would make sense uh, to you know, uh, you know, just uh, sort of hone in on her just basically blanket statement. You know, as you know, we we can't judge anybody. Yeah. And so therefore, I'm going to be kind to everyone. She doesn't, you know, to tell her how. She does need to discern, and to tell her that is backed up in the Bible. Absolutely, um, and and, and is a real good, you know, tack to take, given that uh, you know it's it's very hard to explain a lot of things to a child in the Bible. It's very hard for me to understand <laughs> in the Bible, like it is for a lot. Well, and, and we're always learning and growing. But I would say Hebrews five fourteen is a good place to start. And and just as you point out, not only is it spiritually essential, um, but practically it is in life. It is essential that we discern between good and evil, uh, because it, let's face it, the world isn't always a safe place. Right, especially, exactly. especially, you know, and and you know, kids need to know. I mean, we need to, there. There doesn't need to be this fear that you know that there's a, a problem around every corner but there needs to be a good sense of awareness and and you know for for what well, is out and, there you know when you live in a in a metropolis there is mm-hmm. a problem right around every corner for a <laughs> there, lot of daughters out there and a, and a lot of sons and and children yeah, certainly there's, around there's trouble everywhere for everybody yeah you know especially for those who are unaware and so, uh, you know, I mean, you need to, to be aware and, and not fearful. Right. We know that greater is he who is in us than he who is in the world, but that doesn't mean that we bury our head and, and, and pretend as though uh, we don't live in a fallen world um, because the, the reality is is that we do. And so, you know, I think for a 10-year-old, keeping it simple, as you've suggested, is a good thing, but also encouraging them, you know, and, and this message, unfortunately, is they're being indoctrinated. You know, don't judge. Well, judgment is not, there's been this idea that's been floated out there extensively that, that discernment and judgment are unkind. It's just not the case. I can be discerning and still be kind. In other right. words, I, I, I don't... I mean, I have a yeah. problem with it myself. I'm sure many adults do. Yeah. But I, I, I need this child to be aware. She needs to be aware. She needs to be safe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Well, I think we might have lost uh, Carol again there, but uh, hopefully, Carol, that's, uh, uh, that is helpful to you. And God bless you there. Appreciate all of our Maryland listeners. Let's go to another uh, caller from Maryland. Let's go to Connie, uh, also from Maryland. Connie, welcome to the program. Hi, Connie. Connie, can you hear me? Looks like we might have lost uh, lost Connie. 303-690-3000 if you want to join me on the air. I'm Jason Vandiver. I'm the pastor of Calvary Chapel in Parker, Colorado. So great to be with you this afternoon here on Calvary Live, taking your calls and questions. Appreciate that last call from Carol and also earlier from Dalton here in Colorado and Dominic also will uh, here in Colorado and and uh, uh, so many others uh, who have joined me on previous programs and yesterday as well and uh, those of you who uh, perhaps are about to pick up the phone and uh, call me I appreciate that it's so much more interesting than listening to myself uh, talk so and probably uh, not probably definitely for you as well so three zero three six nine zero three thousand is the number to call if you want to join me on the air I've got a text question here it, it, uh, from one of our listeners asking me to share some thoughts on losing uh, your salvation and and this text comes uh, from someone who says that they don't believe if you're truly saved you can ever lose your salvation however their brother-in-law uh, has a different opinion wants to know you know what I uh, believe about that um, you know the the Bible is is pretty clear on the subject of salvation uh, and on the security of the believer um, but you know even considering that it's interesting that that uh, um, you know we still uh, have debate uh, uh, about this um, and Jesus actually said in in John chapter 10 verse 29 and that's the best place to start I, I think on any subject uh, but particularly on this one the words of Jesus he, he talks about those to whom the father has given to him that he says that that the father is greater than all and no one is able to snatch them out of my my father's hand and so um, we also read uh, in, in many places many many places in scripture uh, about the enduring nature of true salvation and so we see that that those that endure uh, to the end uh, will will be saved, and uh, we see that phrase over and over, uh, especially in the New Testament. And so we see that this this enduring quality uh, of true salvation, but also we see places like. Hebrews chapter six, where it speaks of people walking away, and and uh, you know we may maybe have known people uh, who have seemingly been saved and and walked away. Uh, I, I would describe it this way: the Bible seems to indicate that that those who are truly believers are going to endure; they're going to persevere, whatever phrase or 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 word you want to use, that they're going to endure to the end; that 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 they're going to be saved. But it also indicates that there are those who are make-believers. Jesus said there will be many who will say to me, Lord, Lord, and I'll say, depart from me, uh, for I never knew you. So I think that there's people, they can go to church, they can own a Bible, they can even read a Bible, they may pray, they may use Christian terms, they may be even involved in ministry, and some of them have even been pastors and evangelists, and yet they have walked away. My suggestion is, is that while on the outside they may 
have appeared as being saved. They may even have fooled themselves into thinking that they're saved, uh, but that they didn't fool God. And they're what uh, J. Vernon McGee used to call make-believers. There's believers, unbelievers, and and make-believers, which are essentially another category uh, of unbeliever. And they may demonstrate, uh, as the author of Hebrews says, they, they may have tasted of the heavenly things, but never actually ingested and, and taken it into their soul, and, and, and they may walk away. And to us, it seems as though they lost their salvation, uh, but the reality is, is it would seem as though, uh, according to Scripture, that they, that they never actually had salvation. So uh, I hope that uh, that, that uh, it sounds like uh, that is uh, similar to, to what you have been sharing uh, with your, your brother-in-law. I will say this, that... that uh, whether someone believes in the eternal security of a believer or whether they believe that they can lose their salvation, uh, that these are both views, uh, while I would strongly disagree with one, uh, these are both views that, that fall within what we call the pale of orthodoxy and which uh, good, true, strong believers can, can disagree on. And while we can disagree on these things, uh, we should never divide uh, over them. So I hope that that uh, helps our, our, uh, our texter, uh, the person that texted that question. God bless you. Thank you for sending that in. Let's go to Alexander. Uh, in Bellevue. Alexander, welcome to the program. How's it going? Hey, it's going really well. How are you? Good. Good. What, what's your question today? Um, so I'm kind of just looking for some advice. Um, uh-huh. I got out of high school about a year ago, and then I, uh, I attended tech school and began my career, and I've just kind of lost a sense of community. Um, mm-hmm. And I was kind of looking at the option of a seminary degree or something because I'd really like to expand my faith. But uh, I'm just I'm kind of at a loss here. I'm not sure exactly where to go. And yeah, well, I, I guess I guess the most important. So so you you've gone to tech school. You're working in your career. Are you plugged into a to a fellowship in your area? A I'm church? Plugged into a church. Yeah, I, I don't really know anybody there very well yet. It's kind of a bigger church, but uh, okay. Yeah. Well, and, and, and that's what I would suggest, first and foremost, rather than just doing something to do something, uh, I believe that that's a, a, a mistake. Um, but you do want to keep moving. And so my encouragement is, you know, if it is a larger church, um, most uh, larger churches, well, not most, but a lot of larger churches, and hopefully yours, uh, are are good at realizing that that people need to get involved in other things in order to connect and so whether it's a a young adults group or you know midweek bible study uh ministries my encouragement is to continue moving forward you know make sure that you're in the word of god daily in prayer daily and that you have an outlet for the gifts that god has given you if you're not fully sure what gifts God has given you that you be praying about that as well and that you go and volunteer yourself at the church. Maybe it's volunteering. You know, I started out uh, in in uh, a cleaning ministry. My wife and I worked in the in the nursery. We worked as ushers. You know, we, we, we did all kinds of different things. And I would say find one or two of those ministries and, and, and volunteer and begin to get involved. And as you're moving and as you're studying the Word, that God is going to, going to direct you and uh you know if if you're involved in a calvary chapel or if you're not uh, we also have the calvary chapel bible college both physical locations and online versions uh, of that 
And uh, um, so those become an option for you. Uh, if you want to go the traditional uh, route uh, uh, of uh, college and then seminary, uh, certainly you can do that. Uh, but my recommendation would be to figure out what exactly you want to do uh, before you start trying to pursue the education to do it. Because, uh, you know, that may not necessarily be what God has, or he may decide to equip you in a different way. And so you okay. just want to you just want to be sensitive to to uh, what God is calling you to do. So I would begin serving and and, and praying about uh, you know the gifts that God has and and what exactly He wants you to to be doing. And and like I said, it can be something very simple. It can be the the cleaning ministry at your church. It can be a, a an ushers and greeters ministry or or something else. You know uh, uh, that that the Lord lays on your heart. I would look for where the greatest need is in your church. And that's where I would volunteer, and that's where I would I would begin serving. And as you're moving, I believe that God is going to direct you. And and I believe that sense that you're you're spinning your wheels maybe a little bit uh, is going to is going to go away. Okay. Okay. Let me pray for you, Alexander. Father, I just lift up Alexander to you, and I just pray that you'd 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 bless him, Lord. That you'd uh, even at this moment uh, just a peace. Uh, would would be upon him, Lord. I pray that you would direct him and and where you'd have him to serve and in, in ministry at his church, Lord. I pray that you'd show him the gifts uh, now and in the future that he has, uh, Lord. I pray that you would direct him whether it's it's additional uh, schooling and preparation for for other ministry, Lord. That you would direct him in your timing as to that. But Lord, I just pray that uh, that um, this sense of uneasiness or uh, uncertainty. Uh, Lord, that that you would fill that with your voice and 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 your direction, and so Lord, I just pray that you'd be with him and that you would move him and guide him by your Spirit. In Jesus' name, we pray. Amen. Well, thanks for time, man. Appreciate hey, it. You bet. And uh, I I I'm I'm really interested. I'd I'd like to know where you're at in 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 a few months' time. So. Do me a favor, uh, give us a call back here and, and give us an update because uh, I'd really like to know uh, know how the Lord uses you. Okay, yeah, will do, man. Hey, God bless you. Take care, Alexander. Thank you, too. Bye. Bye-bye. Let's go to Junior in Tennessee. Junior, welcome to the program. Oh. Hey, how's it going? All right, how you doing? I'm doing really well. Thanks for calling. Yeah, I've got a question I've I've got my own answer. I'm not sure it's right. I've never heard anyone preach on it or anything, but the Bible says that whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Yep. Then it says, not everyone that says, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom. Mm -hmm. And what do you... What do you get out of that? (laughs) Yeah, right, exactly. So, you know, obviously in, in... in uh, Romans, Paul talks about that. Um, you know, he says, if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus. But then he also says, in uh, it's in the 10th chapter as well. You quoted from the 13th verse uh, of the, the 10th chapter. But then he also says in that same chapter, he says, uh, for, he says, if you confess, back in verses 9 and 10, if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. And so I think that 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 uh, um, what we're reading about here is 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 twofold. It's not simply saying something, but it's when we say something that is a true representation of our heart. 
In other words, when we declare something that is, that is true in our heart. And so the essence to salvation is believing in our heart and then confession is made as a result of that. And so, you know, when Jesus uh, talks about those uh, who say, Lord, Lord, but they, they, they never knew him, um, you know, what you're dealing with is a person who, who can say the right things. And unfortunately, a lot of people know how to say the right things, um, but it's not really a reality in their heart. You know, in other words, it's not, it's not uh, born out in, in their lives. And, and Jesus said, you know, he said, you call me teacher and Lord. He says, you, you say, well, uh, for so I am. Uh, but if then, uh, you know, your Lord and te- uh, teachers wash your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. So in other words, there's things that come out of that. There is a, a, a heart and a belief and a, and, and a life and, and a faith. And, and uh, Jesus said, if you love me, you'll keep my commandments. Now, he's not talking about the Ten Commandments, of course. Uh, he's, we're, we're, we're talking about all the things that Jesus uh, commanded and taught us as recorded in the New Testament. But, uh, but the reality is, is that when we call him Lord, it, that's one thing, but to make him Lord, that's another, right? And so, so I, I would draw, draw a distinction uh, between, you know, simply what someone can utter with their mouth and what they truly believe in their heart. Does that make well, sense to you? Can I tell you what my thoughts are on it? Yeah, absolutely. Go for it. Uh, you know, you say whoever calls on can be saved. Well, you mm-hmm. get these people saved and they go to church and they sit there in church and maybe they pay their tithes maybe they don't but they never really do anything much for the lord you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. they're saved they're just not working mm-hmm. and he told it he told his disciples that the kingdom was at hand and i believe when someone gets saved and they start studying and doing the things keeping his commandments then you enter that kingdom that's when you start getting spiritual gifts and stuff does that make any sense to you? Yeah, yeah. Ex- so here's the only thing I would say about that, it, you know, because Jesus is very clearly talking about people in Matthew 7, you know, when he says that not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven, but he who does the will of my Father in heaven, you know, that many right. are going to say, Lord, Lord. Um, and he says, I'll declare to them, I never knew you depart from right. me. So so they're they're very clearly being cast out. So, you know, there, there's people that, that can say, Lord, Lord, but, but to your point, which I think is a, um, you know, a, a separate point, it's true. I, I think that there are people that can say, Lord, and I think that they can even, you know, well, I don't think I know that they can even believe in their hearts, but but their faith never really goes beyond the 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 level of infancy. Uh, we mentioned yeah. Hebrews earlier. That's of course a, a, a one of the sub subjects there dealt with in in the book of Hebrews and individuals who who don't go on to to maturity and who who don't bear fruit. And somewhere in there, yeah. the Lord knows those that are truly His. Uh, and and those that are not, but generally that's a very precarious place to be, um, because you know if we're his, we're going to bear fruit, you know. And 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 this idea of being a carnal Christian is a, a term that some people use, 
well, that's a very precarious place to be and, and not one that I would want to find myself in because they're they're walking that proverbial edge and, and only the Lord perhaps knows what side of it that they're on. And so, uh, yeah, it's, it's uh, you know, we're entering into the realm of, of, uh, uh, of God in certain cases here and, and him knowing who is and who isn't. Um, I'd prefer to just make it very obvious uh, to myself right. and and to everybody else, uh, you know, where I stand. Right. Yeah, but uh, I uh-huh. I appreciate yeah I appreciate the conversation. I hope that that adds a little something to what you were thinking and your thoughts on it. Yeah. Uh, thank yeah. you very much. Hey, I appreciate you listening and calling in, Junior. God bless you. God bless you. Yep. Well. You know, we've got, uh, let's see, um, we've got just about a couple minutes left. Let's go quickly to Paul. I think we can probably take care of uh, Paul's question. Paul, welcome to the program. Thank you. Thanks for taking my call. Yep, you bet. I've got just about a, probably about a minute and a half now. So if you can quickly uh, yeah, so, give me your, give right, me your question. I'll Matthew, ch- I'm trying to figure it out. Uh, it says, you, you know, a lot of things you're forgiven, but one thing you're not forgiven is blasphemy uh, of the Holy Ghost. Exactly. And, and I don't know what that means. I, I really would like to understand a little better. Yeah, let me do my best to give that answer to you. So when Jesus talks about the blasphemy of the Holy Spirit, um, the just before that, um, they are uh, they they attribute uh, his work uh, to Satan. And so Jesus says, whoever blasphemes against the Holy Spirit, um, he he's not going to be forgiven. Um, you mentioned Mark. It's in the third chapter. It's in Mark and Luke, but it's in the third chapter, the 29th verse of Mark, and in the 12th chapter, the 10th verse of Luke. And so what okay. Jesus is saying, they just took his works and attributed them to Satan, to Beelzebub, the Lord of the flies, to, to be exact, an Ekronite God. And basically what he says is, someone who is in that position, they're in a position not where God cannot forgive them, but but where they will not seek forgiveness. In other words, God can forgive any sin, but the person who blasphemes against the Holy Spirit can't be forgiven because they get to the place where they will no longer seek forgiveness. And the symptom of that was is that they they attributed his works to Satan. So unfortunately, I can't answer it in more depth than that. There's about an hour more I'd like to say about that, but appreciate the call, Paul. God bless you guys, uh, all of you listening. Thanks for listening today to Calvary Live. Have a great evening. You've been listening to Calvary Live. Tune in next time for prayer and God's word.